Hey, Tyler. Yeah, Maggie? Remember last episode when I said the sword part two was at the end of the season? I do remember that. I think it's kind of weird that it's, like, that far apart, but also maybe they fit as, like, bookends? No, Tyler, we talked about how that was a joke, and it's actually the next episode. Wait, wait, wait. This season is only two episodes long? I... That's like a really oddly short season. I feel like you can't even get enough character development in just two episodes for an entire season. No, it's not an entire season. Okay, wait. <laughs> I I just, I don't get it. How can they be back-to-back and the first and last episode of the season? It's because they're not the first and last episode of the season. They're just back-to-back. Oh, oh my god, I am so sorry. So... We missed episodes before this one? I can't believe we just started halfway through the season. No, they're the first episode, but not the last episode. Okay, now I know you're lying, because there's no way that two episodes can be the first one. Wait, is this part two of the first episode of the second season? I feel like a one-episode season is even shorter than a two-episode season. No, just the first episode is the first episode of this season. Am I missing something? You're missing a few brain cells, and certainly can tell you that. Ouch. I'm Tyler Strandberg. And I'm Maggie Cargan. And you're listening to Keyframe Reframe. On this podcast, we watch the Netflix original She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give a rating of the episode on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to Keyframe Reframe. Okay, so that was a good joke that we had in the first cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do know that this is the second episode, and it is not the last one. I, I do. Do I, you? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. There's like like 10 more episodes at least. Cool, 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 cool. Got it. I'm glad we figured that out. I'm glad that's established. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, as we mentioned, we'll be talking about the second episode of She-Ra, the first season, which is titled The Sword Part 2. So, uh, recap time. Glimmer, Bow, and Adora escape from the monster into a ruin of the ancient but technologically advanced First Ones. In the ruin, Odora finds that she can read the First Ones language and sees the name She-Ra under an image of a figure resembling her transformed state. Glimmer accidentally activates the ruin's lockdown, forcing them to escape. The three of them wander into the village of Thamor, where Adora learns what a party is. Adora gradually befriends Glimmer and Bo while learning the truth about the Horde and their destructive war and finally accepts the truth when the Horde attacks Thamor. Catra is among the attack party, with orders from Shadow Weaver to retrieve Adora. When Catra admits to knowing all along that the Horde, what the Horde truly was, Adora refuses to return with her. A fight ensues where Adora transforms into She-Ra and drives off the Horde from Thamor, hoping to join the Rebellion. Adora leaves with Bo and Glimmer for Brightmoon, the rebel capital. Cool. Okay. The episode premiered on Netflix on November 13th, 2018, and was written by Noelle Stevenson. I think it's kind of interesting how every single time, like, for previous shows, I've had to bring up, like, when the episode premiered, and it was especially, like, important for Avatar. But, like, she was a Netflix show, so, like, they just all drop at once. So we're going to be saying for the entire season, the episode premiered on November 13th, 2018, because they all premiered on that day. Yeah. They do. I mean, it's it's a strategy. I mean, I kind of like it. I kind of like when Netflix shows do that because one of the things that's like really nice about Netflix is not having to wait for stuff. Yeah. 
That's what I appreciate so when they're about, like, about it, too. Yeah, they're like, no, you have to wait for episodes. And I'm like, why am I paying you? Yeah. I was, like, super into My Hero Academia for, like, the first three seasons because I was mm-hmm. watching it, like, while the third season was premiering, or I started watching it, like, while the third season was premiering. But then, like, when I got caught up and I had to watch it, like, week by week, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm not really as invested because, like, I couldn't go at my own pace and it was just, like, Mm -hmm. too spaced out for me. So I've, like, slowly lost interest in that show, even though it's a really good show and I really, really like it. I just need to go back and rewatch it at my own timing again rather than being forced to wait every single Yeah, especially with, like, a lot of shows like that. You're like, I want to watch the whole thing in one sitting Mm -hmm. because... It's, like, way easy. It's, like, weirdly easier to, like, digest. Yeah, it's, like, easier to comprehend. Like, you're keeping up with the mm-hmm. story. You don't have to be, like, put on hold and then try to play catch up right before and then, like, wait, what happened last week? Wait, there were all of these intricate plot lines? You mean I have I've to remember something about? that happened two weeks ago? Uh, I can't. <laughs> I have a bad memory. Sorry. I can barely remember this morning. <laughs> You know, as I've gotten older, I realize that phrase, like, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. God, that's so true, and I hate it. Oh, yeah. I, like, legitimately am like, what the f*** was I doing this morning? I'm like, I'm not even that old. Like, why do I have patches of memory? Yeah. All right, let's actually dive into the episode now instead of just talking (laughs) about other things. Maggie, would you like to share with us so many fun things there are to know for this episode? Yeah, I would love to share those with you uh, if there were any fun things to know. (laughs) Uh, This episode is a pretty straightforward episode, and any of the fun facts are, like, directly related to the predecessor of this show. Mm -hmm. And so none of them are really that fun. Yep. I could not find anything online. And I know you could not either. Nope. Couldn't find a single thing. So this is us saying, if you have a place where we can find fun facts about She-Ra, please forward that to us so we can give you some more fun facts. Yeah. Or if you literally just have any, like, please tell us. I, I would love to know personally. Yes. You have our email. It's in the credits. Email us at keyframereframe at gmail.com. All right. So... I guess we're just going to move straight on to the, like, themes this episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was really interesting seeing, like, all of the bonds and relationships that were built in this episode. So that's kind of what I wanted to focus on here, um, apart from, like, each of the individual characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So I think that Glimmer, Bo, and Catra each have, like, different ideas of how their relationship with Adora is and, like, how it functions. And especially what it means to them, too. And conversely, I think Adora can also connect with each of them in different ways. And I think that really affects, like, how they all each interact with each other and with her. I definitely get that. So, like, right after they escape the ruins, they, like, have a moment where they all kind of bond. Adora starts to learn more about Glimmer and how her powers work and all that kind of stuff. Or she And she talks about how she's, like, they're like, why are you still here? Mm -hmm. You could have left. And she's just like, no, no, I don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Love that. Why are you still here? What? Bo and I are hardly a crack security team. You could have escaped at any time. Why didn't you? I just... I want to figure out what's happening to me, and if I go back to the Fright Zone, then I'll never know. I never knew where I came from or who my family was. Shadow Weaver said it didn't matter who I was before, that, that I was nothing before Hordak took me in. There's always been a part of me that I just don't know anything about, and... And all of this, it feels familiar somehow. I don't know how else to explain it. 
So Adora, I think, is able to like easily bond with Bo and Glimmer because they each choose to save each other multiple times. I mean, like we see when Glimmer like um, teleports them out of the ruins, she chooses to grab Adora as well. And you know, she could have just mm-hmm. left Adora there. And I also think that Adora is choosing to stick with them because like she's curious about like the truth behind the horde. And Glimmer and Bo are being very like upfront with her about like the true atrocities that the Horde is committing to the others, like, on Etheria. You can really tell, like, when Glimmer first interacts, you can tell that she's, like, holding resentment towards Adora. Like, even with the sword, you can tell that she's, like, why is this, why did this choose Mm -hmm. her? Like, why didn't it choose me? You can see that when she, like, whispers, like, for the honor of Grayskull to it. And Bo's just like, what's up? What are you doing? He's like, you good girl? And she, like, like, shows up out of nowhere. She's like, no, I'm actually really struggling. <laughs> I'm actually really sad. Um, Why can't this magic sword be mine? Why can't I be She-Ra? Yeah, and you can tell that like some of that is obviously like coming out as resentment towards Adora. But as the show kind of progresses, you get to see that she starts to actually appreciate Adora's company mm-hmm. and starts to like that she's sticking around. Even from like the quote that we just listened to, she kind of, you know is confused but doesn't seem mad about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that also happens too when they're in Thamor and um, Bo is kind of like, admit it, you secretly like her, don't you? Mm -hmm. I think that's super cute. And, like, I think just Bo in general has been really open and friendly with Adora, you know, since, like, since he met her, you know, he's just, like, I mean, there was that one moment where he, like, rushed to give her the sword at the beginning of this episode. Um, But he's also Mm -hmm. been willing to, like, help her, ask her for help, like, should they need it. Um... And he shows genuine appreciation for her help, like, to the group, you know? The way that Bo forms relationships with people is really incredible. Because mm-hmm. he, like, she's she's obviously a threat. Yeah. You know, she's, like, a trained-from-birth killer. Yeah. But you can tell that Bo, like, isn't really scared of her. Yeah. And he's trying to genuinely interact. Yeah. And be like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, be a part of our group. Be my friend. Yeah, it's like he just doesn't really see that, like, dangerous killer instinct in her you know like it's Mm -hmm. almost like he knows that she's like good hey so thanks for saving us from that bug thing back there when you could have escaped instead okay well i didn't save you i just wanted to get the sword okay are you sure it's not because you secretly like us (laughs) well i don't like you you're my captors sure Bo also cares about adora and he shows that he cares about her and like showing her what fun is and like how to make genuine connections with people that aren't put in like a hostile interaction, which is something that she's like previously, she's only shared with Catra. And that's like 100% coming out of like, it's, I don't want to call it trauma bonding, Mm -hmm. but that's like essentially what it is. They're both in like this horribly traumatic situation right? and they became friends. And you can tell that Bo is kind of trying to pull her out of that. Mm What is this? It's a festival. You know, like a big party. You don't have parties in the Fright Zone? Oh, right. Parties. I mean, yeah, of course. I, um, I don't know what that is. Did you even hear what I just said? In and out, Bo. She has never been to a party before, Glimmer. This is serious. talk about characters more than we already have. Please, let's do. I mean, like, I think 
Yeah, I don't know. They all kind of relate. This is a kind of, like, character-heavy episode. We're learning more about them and, like, mm-hmm. who they are. I mean, obviously, it's only the second episode. So let's focus on our main girl, Adora, right? I think it's been very, very clear since the beginning that Adora has a very, like, strong sense of what's right and what's wrong. I mean, that's been pretty heavy since the very first episode. But, like, it's mm-hmm. becoming really more clear in this episode as well. Yeah, and, like, you can tell, like, even as she's seeing a civilian town be attacked by the people that she knows, mm-hmm. like, what she grew up with, she's able to recognize that the princesses aren't actually, like, they're not the people who are starting this. Mm-hmm. They just lived here, and you can tell that she's starting to see the horde as, like, colonizers, which is what they are. Katra, right. no! I can't go back! Not until the horde leaves this town alone! You have to help me! What are you saying? I'm saying this is wrong. They've been lying to us, manipulating us, Hordak, Shadow Weaver, all of them. Yeah, I think within this too, Adora is taking like a really great personal risk to herself and to her friendship with Katra by just like boldly admitting that she's siding with the princesses on this. But I think it's re- I think it's, this moment is really important too because like she knows what she's doing is right in order to protect innocent people and she knows that she can't side with the oppressors within the horde. You know, you look at how she in last episode mm-hmm. when she's going out and she is the first one onto that training field. She's the first one like charging directly towards battle and she does the same thing here where she's like no I've got this. I'll help you. I can get them to stop. Mm-hmm. You can tell that she's, like, a natural leader. Yes. Always wanting to put herself in the way of danger rather than the people around her. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really like that. Uh, Can we also really quickly, since we're still on Adora, can we talk about how Adora is a horse girl? Horse girl. Oh, my God. She's also a Capricorn. Oh, that makes a lot of sense for her. Mm -hmm. Catra's a Scorpio. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? A horse girl. Oh, my God. You're right. She sees the horse and she's just like, it's so majestic. Yeah. She's like, what is that beautiful creature? Yeah. And Bo's like, a horse? A horse. (laughs) No, (laughs) I am so obsessed with that too. It's it's so funny. And then like at the end of the episode, doesn't Bo say, it was an honor serving beside you, horsey? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. She gets like the little flower in her hair Mm -hmm. and you just like, it truly is the first time that she's ever felt any kind of genuine love Mm -hmm. yeah which is like kind of sad when you think about it but Mm -hmm. i also want to go back to what you were saying earlier about how um she was like the first to charge like in the training session with the horde you know i think along Mm -hmm. with that like at the time she believes that the horde is trying to protect the people of etheria so like she like strongly believes in this right so she thinks she's fighting for the horde to like try to help people and try to save people and like she needs Mm -hmm. to do well in training so she can get out there and like in her mind help and protect more innocent people you know i mean we learn obviously the horde isn't doing that but at the time that's what she believes so yeah and you can and she like says it with her whole chest too Mm -hmm. like you can tell that she she fully believes that and whether or not it's from the trauma of having shadow weaver always over her shoulder or whether it's you know just growing like how she grew up Mm -hmm. there's like obviously something deep within her that makes her want to always like help the little guy yeah i think that's really interesting and um 
you know, especially with parental figures, mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's like kind of growing up as an adult where you can realize like, oh, that thing my parents did like wasn't really okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that usually takes some space and like outside perspectives to learn that. Um, and I think that's something Adora is going through here too. You know, she sees Shadow Weaver as a paternal figure. So she thinks everything Shadow Weaver is doing is okay. And it's not until Catra says, like, well, duh, that she kind of realizes, like, I never knew any of this. Like, how could how could you just know this and be okay with it? Yeah, that also kind of uh, shows the difference in how they were abused. Mm-hmm. Because it shows that, like, Adora was so, like, her abuse was more, like, emotional and mental manipulation. Yeah, And, like, it, it becomes clear, like, even in this episode that, Shadow Weavers was, like, full-blown physical abuse towards Catra. Yeah. Yeah, if you're getting physically abused, most of the time you know it's abuse. Yeah, like, a lot, I think, and just, like, I think a lot of the time it's easier for people to recognize abuse if it's... Physical. Out in the open. Yeah. Where it's, like, something tangible. Yeah. Rather than, like, something that is emotional or... That's a lot easier to be, like, oh, no, that's just how she treats me. Or, oh, no, that's just, like... That's just her personality. Yeah. Rather than like, oh no, she literally shocked me with like lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easier for Catra to see that Adora is getting emotionally manipulated than it is for Adora to recognize that she's getting emotionally manipulated because like she has mm-hmm. no other perspective to compare it to. Yeah. And you, and like also it's, it's kind of like when you have a friend who's dating somebody who sucks. Yeah. And you can be like, that person sucks. Mm-hmm. You should stop dating them. But your friend is like, no, they're like so great. You just don't know them like I do. Yeah. You're like, no, you're like, no. I can see it. Yeah, like, no, girly, I see it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Katra, too, because I think she has some really interesting things in this episode with her. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack with Katra. <laughs> in, in this episode, you get to actually see Katra kind of turn into the villain of the season. Mm-hmm. As she's, like, backing up through the dark and after Adora refuses to return back to the Fright Zone with Catra, um, you can see that Catra is, like, incredibly hurt by that decision and that she she doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Like, she feels a deep resentment and hurt from the one person that had always been constant. Mm-hmm. And we were talking a bit about, like, the trauma bonding between these two. And I think that, like, Adora or Catra's feelings of betrayal for Adora, like, kind of stem out of this because Adora's the one person that she had such an intense connection with. So it would make sense mm-hmm. that, like, Adora suddenly saying, like, no, no, this is bad, like, would make Ketra feel betrayed. Duh! Did you just figure that out? Manipulation is Shadow Weaver's whole thing. She's been messing with our heads since we were kids. How could you possibly be okay with that? Because it doesn't matter what they do. The two of us look out for each other, and soon we'll be the ones calling the shots. Now come on, can we go home already? I'm not going home, Katra. I can't, not after everything I've seen. Come with me. You don't have to go back there. We can fix this. Are you kidding? You've known these people for what, a a couple of hours? And now you're gonna throw everything away for them? Oh. What happened to you? I don't know, but I have to do something. I'm sorry, Katra. Katra has only known comfort in Adora for the entirety of their time in the Horde, you know, and she's been putting up with like 
blatant abuse Mm -hmm. from Shadow Weaver and from all these people. And she's only been able to endure it because she's had Adora by her side. Mm -hmm. The rest of the crew that were with them, who all have names, by the way. Wait, really? They were... Yeah, they were all named in the first episode. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Oopsie whoopsie. I think it's Lonnie is the girl with the dreads. Okay. Kyle is the little blonde boy. And Rogelio. Is the lizard man? Is the lizard man. Okay. You know, there's. it's obviously, like, none of them are as bonded as Catra and Adora yeah. are. And you can see that mm-hmm. as she, like, walks away from, like, as she sees her transform in this beautiful, you know, very Sailor Moon-esque transformation. Yeah. It's kind of hard to watch, actually. It really is. It's, like, such a sad scene. I mean, like, I think Adora sees, like, the good in what she's doing, you know? She she asked Katja to leave with her, right? Like, she <laughs> says, like, no, like, come with me, stay with me. But I think all Katja is really hearing is, like, leave your home. Like, abandon everything that you've ever known. And, like... Mm-hmm. Especially when she says that she's staying with these princesses, Katra doesn't really, like, notice that. All she really notices is, like, oh, you care more about these people who you just met rather than me who you've spent your entire life with. And, like, you know, Katra and Dora are, like, best friends or were best friends. So it is, like, incredibly hurtful to be perceiving that and be thinking that, like, this person doesn't even care about you or this person cares more about someone she met two hours ago than she cares about you when to catch mm-hmm. her adore, adores like her entire world, you know? And I think that really is what like triggers Katra into attacking Adora, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can even see that when she's like, oh, sorry, didn't know that I'm it was sorry, that strong. That's hilarious. She's like, sorry, oh, it was just so response. Funny. And then Adora gets up and she attacks her again. She's like, sorry. <laughs> I know, it's so funny that she's just, like, she just, like, keeps tasing her friend. Yeah. Being like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's just, it's just a reaction. It's, like, so bad, but I'm so obsessed with it. It's so bad, but, like, it is one of the things that, you know, Katra is a really likable character. Yeah, I think so, too. And she's, like, weirdly enough, really easy to relate to. Mm -hmm. It's, like, everyone kind of gets that feeling of, you know, being like, oh, I'm not as important to you as I thought I was. And we see, I think it's interesting because we see more of that in the upcoming episodes too, which we will definitely talk mm-hmm. about more. Oh yeah, we got a lot to talk oh, about yeah. in upcoming episodes. For the honor of since we're since we're here, um, I do want to make it known that my favorite character this episode was Bo. I really, yeah, I love him. He is. So funny. He's, like, stupid cute. Like, at the beginning of the episode when he has that little voice crack and he's like, mm-hmm. hold on, you guys. It is so funny. And, like, especially when he says the horsey thing and he thinks, like, a party mm-hmm. is a big deal. He's just, like, so pure. I love him. I think he's great. Like, when he, when he, he like, pulls Glimmer and is like, she's never heard of a party. Yeah, he's like, this is an emergency. <laughs> we, we gotta go. I, I love him. Just a little ray of sunshine. I am so obsessed with him. This little crop top. Oh, God. I love the little heart on his crop. So cute. Okay. Who was your favorite character this episode? I think I know. Yeah. It's also Bo. Wait, really? Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say Catra. No, 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 no. I really like Catra in this episode, and I think she's definitely my number two. Mm -hmm. But Bo takes the cake. Like, he's just... 
he's so lovable and he he's like the friend that I think everybody wanted when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, he's like he's literally like the perfect best friend. Yeah. And he's he's every I mean everything you said. He's so cute. His little voice cracks always get me. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's he's such a lovable character that I can't not pick him. Yeah. Especially in this episode. I agree. I agree. I think it's really it's really well done. So, funny enough, I think we've picked the same favorite character for the first two episodes. Because mm-hmm. yours was Adora last time, and I think mine was also Adora, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think. okay, I thought so. Yeah, so I wonder if we're going to have the same ratings, too. We'll see. I gave this episode a 10. Oh, really? Really, yeah. So, the last one, I was, like, kind of into it. I was like, okay, I want to see where this goes. I think this episode does everything it needs to i mean like it is so much fun i think it has like that little like sigh of relief fun kind of vibes with like the party Mm -hmm. and thaymore it gives you some really intense character development in all four of like these main characters that we see and i think it starts on a really strong note and like it transitions into like a little bit calmer fun time really really well and it ends on a really strong note as well i i really mm-hmm. really liked this episode i thought this was like the perfect when paired with part 1 especially like the perfect opener mm-hmm. for this season and like this episode really made me wanting more like i wanted to keep watching and finding out more from this series after this one yeah i i mean i get that i definitely i definitely think that these two episodes when watched together mm-hmm. are incredible mm-hmm. But I gave this episode an eight. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we flipped there. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously really like it. And I think it's a really good episode. It just, there's something about it. It doesn't have as much of like a wow factor to me. It feels like we're hitting too many points and none of them are getting properly resolved. Okay. Does that make sense? Like we're in the first one's temple. We're out of the first one's temple. We're at a party. We're out of the party. Yeah. Like, and then like I wish that there was more. There's like this the small snippet with Shadow Weaver and Catra and her being like, well, I'm gonna exact all the revenge on Adora. I was gonna exact on like I'm gonna put it on you. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we got like more of that mm-hmm. so that we could see more of why Catra is more like begging, pleading mm-hmm. for Adora to stay. Yeah. Really good episode, and with episode one, incredible. Mm-hmm. But just like by itself, I was like, oh. I didn't like this as much as I thought I did. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I am very excited for how the rest of the season is going to go. Well, you already know how I feel about some Oh, episodes. I do. But it'll be fun. <laughs> That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Sauna Event Productions, and AA Watermelons on Twitter, who made our cover art. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is keyframereframe at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at keyframereframe. I'm Maggie Cargan, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Maggie underscore Cargan. My last name is spelled C-A-R-G-I-N. I almost forgot how to spell my own. Oh my god. (laughs) Oopsie, oopsie. (laughs) I'm Tyler Stramberg, the host, creator, and head writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.